You know, we don't like it when things are out of order. It's like we expect everything to work. I can remember uh, driving down the road, and there's a, this particular service station that they are, you know, notorious for not having any gasoline. You'll pull up to the pump, and they'll have white bags over the nozzles, and you, you know, they may have one pump that is working. So I pulled up there, and I, and I'd forgotten which side my you know, on the vehicle, which side you put the gasoline in. I've got one oddball uh, Volvo car that they put it on the wrong side. And so I pulled up and I got out and I looked and I said, oh, no, I'm on the wrong side. And then I pulled up and turned around. And But by that time, someone else had pulled up to the one pump that was working. And I just, I said, forget this. I mean, this I got totally frustrated that you know, okay, here's a guy, he can't afford, he's running a store, but he can't afford to put gasoline in his tank. You know, we, again, we expect things to work. You're driving down the road and you're, you want a cold drink and you pull up to the uh, drink machine and you run up to it and it's got a sign on it. It says out of order. Again, we expect things to work. Now, what are your greatest frustrations? What causes you the most frustrations in life. Well, you know, you might list a bunch of things that you feel causes you enormous frustrations in your life. You could go through a list and you could say, okay, this causes me frustration. That causes me a lot of frustrations. But what frustrates you the most is maybe my question. And more importantly, if I could tell you what your greatest frustrations are, and how to get rid of the thing that is frustrating you the most, would you be interested? Now, I'm going to do that with this program. I'm going to tell you what frustrates you the most and how to get rid of those frustrations. Now, it's not going to be easy. You see, nothing of value ever is easy. Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. We were at the Waterscape Resort in Florida, Fort Walton, Fort Walton Beach, I believe. And uh, it was a very nice place, these condominiums. And every morning I would get my uh, cup of coffee and I'd sit on the deck and I would watch the, you know, the morning events for the days as the service guys would come out and they would maintenance the place. It was amazing to see, I mean, here's a group of guys, men and women that would come out and their job was to prune the trees. And so they would go, go along and any dead, uh, anything, you know, a dead limb from the palm trees, they'd get out and cut it off and clean it up. And another group of people, their job was to uh, empty all the trash cans. And another group of people, they were mowing the grass. And another group of people were blowing off the clippings after the grass was, was mowed. And uh, another group was servicing the pool and cleaning up and making sure the chemicals in the pool was correct. And I, it was like I just, you know, I sort of surveyed this whole uh, kingdom, the, the waterscape kingdom there. It was like a little kingdom that they had. And it was, uh, you know, I sort of realized, okay, this is what it takes to make something super nice. It takes a lot of work. 
the frustrations that I'm, I'm talking about, what causes you the greatest frustrations in life, I'm going to tell you here. Here it is. It is when things are out of order. That is the thing that is causing you the greatest frustrations in life. And so one of the lessons lessons that I learned from watching, you know, these these maintenance guys at the waterscape is that it takes a lot of work to make sure everything is in working order. And when things are not in working order in your life, you're going to have great frustrations. In fact, I'm convinced it's the it's the, it's the number one thing that causes you the greatest frustrations in your life. And that is when things are out of order. Now, the the frustrations are threefold here. Let me explain three three steps here that 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 causes us to have enormous frustrations in life. Number 1 is the frustrations that comes from knowing how much work it's going to take to put this thing in order. You know, I mean, you look at it and you think, oh boy, maybe it's uh, a garage all out of order, a chaotic environment or whatever. You know, you've got things that you got a pile of papers on your desk that everything is out of order. Now, so the, the first frustrations come from knowing how much work it's going to take to put this thing back in order. And often people become neutralized at this moment because they just, they can't get past this first step. Secondly, the frustrations that come when things pile up, you know, and what that pile of papers on your desk, what that messy garage, that pile of junk you've got outside, inside, wherever it's at, what that pile of stuff represents is your frustrations, And the longer you let it sit there, the greater the frustrations will be in your life. And thirdly, these frustrations are, is what I call the futility of order. Because, and you don't realize this until you start getting older, that, well, Solomon put it like this in Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 18. He says, yea, I hated all my labor. And you could just substitute right there. I hated the fact of putting everything in order all of the monotonous, mundane, every day, do it all over again. I hate it, all of my labor, which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it into another man that shall be after me. And who knows whether he shall be a wise man or a fool. In other words, you go through all this work, you, you, you put everything in order, you make everything nice, and, and then you're going to die, and you don't know who's going to take your possessions, you know, it may be a wise man, it may be a fool, it may be a person that comes along who is a, a hoarder or, you know, a, a junk yard, whatever, and takes your stuff. And so it, it's sort of what I call the futility of order. It's, you know, it's like, why do you make your bed? Uh, because you're just going to get back in it. You know, why do you do the dishes? And, you know, why, why do we clean our cars? You know, it's just, over and over and over again, the futility of all that causes incredible frustrations. Now, it is at this point where a lot of people just give up. You know, you've seen people, you've met people who have just given up. And it's obvious when you look at the person, when you look at their home, when you look at their automobile, when you look at their entire life, you realize this person has simply given up. Now, Nonetheless, God expects you to be a man, a woman of order. 
He really does. And uh, our greatest frustrations come when things are out of order. They are chaotic, and that is what is causing the frustrations. Now, if we go back and we look at the example of God in Genesis 1 and verse 2, it says, and the earth was without form and void. In other words, it's sort of saying that it was sort of like a chaotic wasteland where everything had to be placed in order. And so, you know, you had all this water and God comes along and says, now the water is out of order. It's covering the whole face of the earth. And so we've got to divide this. We've got to separate this. We have, you know, light and day, and but it's all out of order. We've got, we got to divide this up and put everything in its proper place. And so with the creation account, what you read about is God placing everything in order, you know, and God said, you know, let divide the firmament and, and, and divide this up. And, and, and so what you see is God creating, yes, creating, but he's also putting everything in order. Now, what I would encourage you to do is to take from this example of God, take the God challenge, uh, whether it's that room, that messy room, that, that office, that garage, that home, that car, and whatever you have, you're looking at it, and the best way you can describe it is that it is a chaotic wasteland that I have here. And to take the God challenge and start, you know, doing, following the example of God where for six days he was placing everything in order. Now, I think a lot of us just sort of get overwhelmed and say there's there's no way out. I just want to sit down and cry. You know, you ever, you ever get to, I mean, I could say, okay, women do this, but I think men do it. I know I've done it every now and then, you know, just get, come to a point where you think, man, I just want to cry. I mean, I just, it's, it's too much. It's I'm overwhelmed. It's a chaotic wasteland. Well, if you ever get like it, take this advice, get on your feet, move. Number two, move, get on your feet. Number one, number two, move three, put things in order. And it's one step at a time. Time You would be amazed if you took one hour out of each day and you set a clock for 60 minutes and you said, for one hour, I'm going to work on this project of putting everything in order, of organizing and putting things back in order. If you just did that for one hour, now surely you can take one hour out of your day. And whether it's in the morning or whether it's when you get home, you designate one hour and you work at, I'm going to put things in order. And at the end of the week, you would be amazed at what you have accomplished. And the frustrations will start to leave and you will feel good about yourself. You know, I don't know if you realize this, but you can work your way out of depression. You really can. You know, you can, and, and, the way you work yourself out of depression is, number one, you get on your feet. Two, you start to move. This is important because often depression comes from when when we're not physically moving or our bodies are not activated. Mentally, if you're just sitting, now I don't, I don't know what your job is, but it's, it is important to understand that if your job is a mental job, like an office job where you're, you know, you're sitting, but often depression and frustrations, you know, the, the remedy to this is to, number one, get on your feet, two, move, and three, put things in order, and just the physical ac- actions of your body moving, you'll, the, the, the depression and the frustration will leave because your body is in action. This is critical. 
absolutely critical. You know, now it's it's good to work your mind, and it, but it's also since we are physical beings, you know, six days shall you labor. It is important to work, yes, your mental mental capacities, your mind, but it's also you you've got to couple that with with physical activity in order to avoid depression. So again, one, get on your feet, two, move, three, put things in order, and your frustrations will leave and you will feel very good about yourself. You know, so much of our lives is about order. And we come to points in our lives where we say, I can't take it anymore. And when we stop working on the order of things, it, your life, everything around you becomes a chaotic wasteland when we stop working on the order of things. Order is critical. Now, it seems that we are a society or we're, we're gradually, or maybe we are very quickly, headed toward a society without order. You have lack of respect towards the police officers. And I know, I understand that there, you know, you're going to have some bad apples in every group, but for the most part, the men in blue are to be respected and they are good men and women and they're just doing their job. I didn't say they were all perfect, but still, you know, we should respect that. But we're in a society, we're losing lack of respect toward our police officers. This is, this is where things are getting out of order. The Constitution, we're paying no attention to our Constitution, that our lives, our society, yes, America, is getting out of order. A nation without order. We don't know what restroom to use. I mean, how out of order is that? You know, Kennedy sent a man to the moon. Obama sent a man to the woman's bathroom. We don't know our gender. We don't know our, you know, what constitutes a marriage. We don't even know what a relationship with God is. You know, it's society and our lives are totally out of order. You know, Jesus spoke to this issue and he gives a description of a society without order. In Matthew 24 and verse 22, he said, it says, and except those days should be shortened, speaking of the days in which I believe we live and the end time, uh, it says, except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sakes, those days shall be shortened. So what is it about the end time that it becomes so chaotic, so out of order that Christ says, unless I return and put an end to the madness, there's no one, no flesh going to be saved alive. Well, again, it's it's the emphasis that a society puts on order, uh, whether you maintain that order or not as a society, as a culture. But that breaks down to each individual. You know, as you look at your own personal life, how much are you about the order of things. You know, a lot of times we look at these things as mundane. There's no significance in keeping things in order. I want to tell you something. Nothing could be further from the truth. The things that are important to God, often we look at and think, oh, that's not important. And yet they are. The order of things is very important to God. You know, I keep a uh, the holy days of God referred to as the feast of Jehovah, one of the feast days is the Feast of Trumpets, and Trumpets is about Christ is returning to restore order, yeah, to this earth. I mean, 
I mean, let's face reality. Heaven doesn't need fixing. Uh, heaven is supposed to be perfect, but it's it's down here. It's on planet Earth that things need fixing because they have become so out of order when Christ returns, and Christ is returning to restore order. Now, there's a little statement that Jesus makes. He says in Luke 16 and verse 10, he says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in, in much. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Do not underestimate the drudgery of the order of things. You know, like I said earlier, you know, why why do you make the bed again? Why do you do the dishes? Why do you mow the grass? Well, because the grass is growing and it needs mowing. Why do you clean your car? Why do you organize? God wants people in his kingdom that he can depend on who are in it for the long haul, people that he can trust to keep things in order. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Now, there's a story about a man who was told to get his life in order. In Second Kings 20 and verse 1, In those days was Hezekiah sickened to death, and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos came to him and saying, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now the story is, you know, I think actually God, you know, Hezekiah started crying like a baby and oh, I don't want to die. And, and of course, who does? Want, who, who, who wants to die? But anyway, I think in this story that God added about 15 years or something like that. He added years to Hezekiah's life. And then, of course, the end result of those 15 years, I think, were worse, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, I just think it's interesting that the last instructions from God at the point of death is get your house in order. Now, there's a lot more to that than just cleaning your garage and getting things in order. I mean, you know, don't make it difficult for your children and, and, you know, get everything in order. But it's just interesting that at the point of death, God's instruction, his last instructions to this man was get your house in order. You know, and I'm saying, I think a lot of people need to hear this. Get your house in order. Get on your feet. Two, start moving. And three, start putting things in order. It's important to God. That's what I'm saying. Larry King said this, and I quote, he says, getting your house in order and reducing the confusion, and I think he's saying that by get, getting your house in order, it reduces confusion. So, But he says, getting your house in order and reducing the confusion gives you more control over your life. Personal organization somehow releases or frees you to operate more effectively. And it really does. It really does. When you organize, it's it's a refreshing, it's a, you know, you've got a choice between the option between a chaotic desk, you know, all paper strode everywhere. You can't find anything. Or having order. You've got the option between a garage where tools are strode everywhere. You can't find a thing. You try to work on something, and you can't work on it because everything is out of order. But when things are in order, man, what a refreshing it is. And we do operate a lot more effective when things effectively when things are in order. And, yes, it reduces incredible confusion. When things are in order. Okay, the frustrations of when things are out of order, the frustrations that come into our lives when things are out of order. You know, the Bible speaks to a particular, it, it gives a survey 
of a particular man in the Bible, a person, doesn't name the person, but it, it it's very revealing what it says in Proverbs uh, 24, no, excuse me, Proverbs 24 and verse 30. It says, I went by the field of the slothful and the vineyard of the man void of understanding. So here we have sort of pretty much a lazy louch of a man, void of understanding. He's basically what the Bible would call a fool. But we're walking by his home. We're walking by his house. And this is what we see in verse 31. It says, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Now here, you know, Solomon is, is looking, he's considering, and he's, he's, he has a visual. He stopped by a person's house, and he's looking at the home. And he says he received instruction. He had a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And so shall your poverty come as one that travaileth and your want as an armed man. Now, there's a lot he connects up here with, you know, things being out of order. There's a lot of things he connects up with. He connects up one's poverty. He connects it up to a very foolish person who should have known better. Now, when we consider this, when we consider things out of order, you know, it doesn't take long at all for things to get out of order. But if they are left out of order, this is what happens. It's, it's amazing to read this because it says the stone wall was broken down. You know, your stone walls, I, I have some experience in that area. I'm part owner of a business that we do masonry work. And, you know, your stone wall is the last thing that's going to fall apart. That's why, you know, I have a, sometimes I go up in the mountains on my four-wheeler or, or on off-road bike and I love exploring, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere. And you'll, you'll come across an old home, what used to be an old home, and all that's really left, the only way you can identify it is the stone wall is still partly intact. The rest has just rotted away. But it's the last thing that falls apart, the stone wall. So here, here is a person who, over time, first of all, fell into the trap of you know, things being out of order, but then was totally overwhelmed by the things being out of order and lived a lifestyle of things being out of order. And eventually it leads to total destruction where even the stone wall falls apart. It's amazing when you think about that. So we need to be aware of this. We need to be aware of, of the monotonous day-to-day -day routine of putting things in order and just how important those things are to us to make our lives work. And not only that, they reveal a lot to God about how you, you know, take care of things, how you take care of things. Are you a person that keeps things in order? In Isaiah 9 and verse 7, there's a scripture that talks of all things about order. And maybe you've never made this connection before because it's talking about actually the government of God, the prophecy of Jesus Christ to be king of king and lord of lords over the whole earth, that Christ is returning to set up his kingdom on this earth. But it says in Isaiah 9 and verse 7, it says, Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice 
from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Right smack dab in the middle of this verse is the word, is the word we're talking about today. It says this kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice. In other words, there's an order to this kingdom. You know, Christ is returning to restore order. And everything in life, everything in a society is about order. And so Christ returns to restore order because things have gotten so chaotic and out of order. And it goes deeper than just, you know, I'm using the example of the things you have, the the pile of papers on your desk, your garage out of order, your house, your car out of order, the junk that you keep, you know, the things that you hold on to, all the stuff that's out of place, out of order. And, And because that's something that we can relate to. But here we have a society eventually where the reason Christ is returning is because things have gotten totally chaotic and out of order. You know, there's an order to everything. There's an order to relationships. You know, God says, says in the beginning of Genesis, he said, God created them male and female. Well, that's a certain order of things. God did not create them male and male and, and female and female. God created them male and female. And so when you take something like this, an order of things, male and female, and you put that thing out of order, you know, all of a sudden your society, and you see, you can't take something that is out of order and make it work. It will. It's like putting, you know, a, a, a square peg into a round hole. You can't do it. It's not going to work. When things, you can't make something out of order and somehow make it work. It will never work. There's an order to relationships, how you get along with your husband, your mate. There's an order to finances. There's, you know, you're paying your bills, being responsible. Uh, what comes first when it comes to finances? What's the most important thing? Well, the most important thing is, you know, that you have a home that you can stay warm in and you got food on the table. There's an order to everything, the order, you know, and things get out of order. People get things out of order. They think the, the, the BMW sports car, you know, is more important than food on the table. So, you know, our whole lives are about order, relationships with your husband, with your wife, all of that, what's important, what's the most priorities, what comes first, all of this, you know, your entire life is about order. Your relationship with God, where does he come in at? You know, it's it's an order of things, God first, or God at somewhere like a spare, a spare tire in your car that you only pull out when you need it. There's an order to everything in your life, absolutely everything. Now, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 40, and this is, so I'm, I guess I'm taking it out of context a little bit, but he's talking about uh, speaking in tongues. Paul is talking to a church that is out of order, and they're speaking in tongues for no purpose, no reason. It's all show, I guess, but it's not benefiting any, anyone. And he's, it's, it's about order in the church. But he says this. He says, let all things be done decently and in order. Man, you know, that, that would be a good rule of life. In everything that you do, everything that you face, just remember that rule of life. And that is let all things be done decently and in order. With everything your hand does, everything you set your hand to do, remember this rule of life. Let all things be done decently and in order. And if you want to eliminate a lot of frustrations in your life, this is how you do it. Let all things be done decently and in order. 
For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.